This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. Now, on today's episode, I have a conversation with my good friend, Ben Kant. Now, for those of you who don't know Ben, Ben is one of Australia's most sought-after coaches in both the bodybuilding and physique world, but also the health optimization uh, world. You know, he's pretty like he's known as the coach of coaches ben combines is a background of biochemistry uh, and just in the trenches experience like i think there's a, a mixture there that um, really just makes him as great as as what he is is that you know he combines this uh, unbelievable in-depth knowledge um, of the science um, and especially biochemistry with just in the trenches <laughs> experience of training, putting himself um, and pushing himself to the, um, you know, t- to his own limits, but also being able to to keep a close eye uh, on um, many different um, clients as well and working with so many people over the years. He really ha- does have this great holistic approach um, and, and hands down is one of the, the top coaches uh, in Australia when it comes to um, both health optimization and um, the, the kind of physique and bodybuilding world as well. Um, but today we kind of, you know, obviously with, with what we do in the podcast, we try not to bring that side to you because uh, especially right now, you know, as business owners, um, we really want to bring to you content that's going to help you um, grow and run a successful and sustainable business. Uh, and Ben's done that for quite a long time, um, and he also comes with experience, which not many people know, which is um, in brick-and-mortar business and um, supplement stores and these kind of things. Um, so I always love sitting down with Ben because he's got a he's got a great approach, and he's also got um, the depth and capacity to look laterally and talk about many and unpack many different subjects and and really that's what we do today so we today's episode is on the myth of motivation so what we try to do through this conversation is unpack it for you and really derail the concept of motivation as a force in success as a business owner you know like i don't think motivation um i don't i don't necessarily um it definitely exists but what i want to do is is i want to derail this concept that you need to be motivated to have success and and really start to break it down into what actually creates motivation and and what are some of the key topics that um that play a, a huge role in that so some of the things we cover today is you know why motivation isn't actually great to rely on um how comp- compound interest and and the concept of compound interest can help you achieve anything you want in business um and how to you know we, we actually also dive into how to overcome a state of lack in COVID 19 um, or you know the how to how to overcome the state of lack that COVID nineteen has created for some of us um, as business owners because I know that you know this is a really dynamic time and I know that uh, there's um, there's definitely going to be a lot of business owners there that are, are struggling and um, a lot of that comes back to this state of lack that's being created um, by the the experience and the world and society that we're you know we're living in right now and and the state of society um, so we we dive into that and we kind of try to unpack it and and give you some strategies 
strategies that help you um, overcome that state and some things that are actionable for you. So um, it's a really great episode. If you're a business owner who's lacked motivation um, and the will to just make progress throughout this time, this is going to be super insightful for you. Uh, You'll definitely walk away with some things that you can action as well, which is something that we consciously made an effort to, to bring to the table. Um, and, you know, even theoretically as well, the theories that we talk about and, and some of the things that we unpack, like the hero's journey, um, we kind of dive deep into many different things. So it's going to be a really cool episode for you. And um, as, as I said, I really hope it does give you some things that you can action just to really start preparing for um you know, the reopening of, of, of gyms and clinics and, and all of the, the kind of areas. I know that that's what's happening in Melbourne right now and it's, you know, it's different all around the world, but, you know, I think it's coming at some stage for all of us and it's best that we start to build momentum and prepare for those times. Before we jump into the episode though, guys, um, at the moment, um, we, we literally just finished our first intake of Steel on the Walls last week and this is these are some concepts that I think... I just don't think there's enough of it in the industry and I th- I really do think that they're going to make a huge impact on many people. Uh, but Steel on the Walls is an intensive training that we're currently running that helps business owners create a defense in business. So what most people jump straight into the offense and they think that they've got an offensive problem. They think that the reason that their business actually isn't growing is the fact that they don't have leads, they're not marketing properly or they're not good at those types of things. When I, you know, and, and at Elite Vitality, we, we kind of think it's the opposite. We think that the reason that most personal trainers, clinicians, anyone in, in the health and fitness industry that's a business owner don't actually reach their potential and are constantly struggling is because they lack stability and better judgment means more stability. So Steel on the Walls is a training that is incorporates branding, cash flow, and intelligence, and it actually shows you the integration of how they all work together uh, to create better judgment in your business, which therefore gives you the stability um, to actually allow you to reach your potential. And uh, that's I just think it's it's pivotal, guys. I think it's I think it's a great um, it's a great concept, and um, I'm really proud of it. But the one thing is, is that we want to get this in the in the minds and and kind of teach this to as many people as we can because we think it can help uh, raise the industry and the standard of business owners uh, as a whole. We think that it can really turn the industry around, and um, you know the problems that the industry was facing before COVID um, definitely shouldn't be the problems that they face again after. We should learn our lessons here, and and I think some of those the big lessons here is that you know. You should never try fix financial problems and and problems um, that have to do with defense in business um, with offense. So this dives deep into the defense of business and our next intake is next week, which is May 18th. So basically what it is, is it's three weeks, six lectures. Um, we're assessing everybody to make sure that you understand it so that when you actually leave, you can apply it to your business because that's the thing that really matters the most. So if that's something you're interested in, head over to our website, elitevitalitymastery.net. Um, the link is actually in my bio. So if you go to Kyle uh, Trainer um, on Instagram, you'll be able to click that. But if not, head over to elitevitalitymastery.net click there'll be a little tab and it says uh upcoming webinars click that and you'll see the steel on the walls intensive um click again and head through to the page and you'll be able to fill out your details and you'll be sent an email almost straight away if you don't get that email 
just shoot shoot myself an email or shoot me a message on Instagram and I'll be happy to help you out. Um, but you'll get the details from there. And the training is absolutely free, guys. Right now, we're not trying to, you know, the, the big thing for us is getting this concept out there because we think it's going to help a lot of people during this situation. And it's also going to set people up for success beyond COVID-19 and, and isolation and, you know, the society we're currently living in. Um, but as always, guys, um, if you enjoy the episode, hit the subscribe button so you can continue to hear more and more of our content. Um, we're going to really, um, we're really trying to up our game and, and get as many of cool guests as we can um, on the, on the podcast to give you an insight into, you know, why the best of the best are doing um, so well and, and what got them there. Uh, and if you think that this episode is, uh, could benefit someone else, um, give it a share, um, screenshot, and give us a tag and and all your support is appreciated um, greatly. Uh, And as always, guys, I'll hope you enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. For me, it comes down to, and I've talked about this a fair bit over the last week and a half, and I want want to get your take on it, but Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and what everybody's chasing is a consistent feeling of happiness and fulfillment, which, you know, we can kind of agree that that's, that's not um that's 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 not going to happen right but to sell and for me fulfillment and happiness is this feeling we get when we are self-actualizing when we're when we're when we're reaching our potential when we we've got this kind of subjective perception this knowingness of ourselves actually you know reaching that potential and and kind of pushing our limits but um things are going well um and you know, coming back to the the kind of context is that, you know, right now as a business owner or as, as a coach, you know, what we usually do is, is we usually, you know, a lot of us um, at, at times heavily place emphasis or, or we try to fulfill our higher emotional needs with external sources right so we're, we're relying on the outside world to fulfill those needs yeah. um relying on someone else to to make us feel loved we're relying on um you know these external factors to to or, or the world to make us feel safe um we're relying on someone else to build our self-esteem or social media we're relying on all of these things and it, it, you know I, I kind of been playing with this thing where i think in order to self-actualize you have to have the higher emotional needs that come before self-actualization um, ticked off, right? And, and it's only once we have that that we can truly self-actualize. And then that can be taken, and it's not like a trophy, right? It can actually be, you know, it's not like once we've got it, it stays there. It can, these, you know, these higher emotional needs can be taken from us at any particular time. It's like paying rent. You always mm-hmm. pay your rent to these things. Um, and... I'm seeing that, you know, obviously now in, in today's, you know, with what we're going through with, you know, COVID-19, we're seeing a, we're seeing all this being taken away from people. You know, the external factors are now at, like completely out of their control. Um, and it's causing, you know, whatever it's causing, it's causing a lack of motivation. It's causing this inadequacy, this, this feeling of lack, this, um, and, and obviously, uh, it's not allowing people to self-actualize at will, you know, um, it's not, it's not as easy as what it once was. Um, and, and for me, that's, that's causing a lot of people who, especially in the business world, like, cause that's, that's what we do, right. We, we're, we're, we're very much in that world in the fitness industry. We're seeing people that, um, 
that's been taken away from them and this is causing them a lot of problems. Now those problems are stemming out and it's, you know, lack of motivation, lack of productivity, lack of clarity, all of these things. So I want to kind of grab your opinion on that and, and kind of what we're seeing right now with, um, you know, a lot in the industry and, and kind of get your opinion on that. Yeah, man. Like I so said, you touched on a couple of things there and, um, you know, I, I think what's important to, you know, really appreciate first of all is it's really easy to practice gratitude when things are going good. <laughs> like things are good. Money's coming in. There's no stress. There's no uncertainty. Yeah. I'm grateful. Um, and I suppose like when the, the, the chessboard gets flipped, you know, and everything's up in the air and it's like, well, where are these pieces going to land? Like that's when I had a lot of remi- um, conversations with you know the coaches that I coach and the general population, uh, population, population of people that I coach um, to now's the time to double down on these things. I know it's so much harder, but you know, these are the rituals or the habits that we've been growing that now it's now you're outside that comfort zone. And when you talk about happiness and fulfillment and that, you know, you and I both know that the biggest growth spurts you're ever going to have is when you're thrown into this situation, right? Mm. So everyone will look back on, back on this in six months, 12 months, six years time and go, this was a catalyst for where I am now. You know, we know that. And then, so I think as a coach, it's just important to just make sure you've got this open dialogue with your, you know, with your client to uh, help them just navigate what's going on in their head. And I, I talked about this with our good friend Holly last week about, it was really interesting if I was to subdivide my coaching group up into newbies, beginners, intermediates, and advanced, and, you know, have the fortune of coaching some really good coaches as well. Uh in week one to two of lockdown, the newbies, like that chessboard was flipped entirely. Okay. Then the, the beginners flipped like a week later. So they, they managed to hold on that little bit longer. And then by the fourth, fifth, sixth week into it, that's when even like myself and, you know, the other coaches, which I would call, you know, my peers, they've been doing this for a long time. We all had that moment. We all had that, that, that moment in the hero's journey, you know, that you and I talk about all the time. Like, you think we're going to get away with not going through that, that loop? No way. <laughs> And I suppose it's just important to appreciate that bit of the loop. You know what I mean? So uh, uh, it's really cool that you say that. I was thinking about this last night because um, I was actually we. I was using a bit of the hero's journey to present on something that I was in, in the steel on the walls intensive, and we we're using that as a branding, as like a, a kind of branding tool to give context yeah. um, to to understanding the client more. But it was really funny. I, I was kind of talking about it, and I was going, well. It seems as though the more, the, the amount, it's almost like thinking about it, like going over around this loop, the more times you go around, the, the more comfortable you get at, at, at the stages, right? And it's like, you know, you, you learn to just ride the stage, right? And you're like, okay, well, I understand that this is the, the area or the part that I'm going through um, and I just need to, to go through it. I need to, I need to spend time and it's really interesting, like, you know, I'll, I've been saying something lately and it's like, it, you know, it's just an example, but it's like, nobody remembers you for the bottom of your squat for the mm. top of your squat. Sorry. No one remembers mm. you for the top of your squat. Right. And it's like, you know, the stimulus for growth is in our most vulnerable positions. Right. Like, yeah. and that's, that's like, that's because it's a, it's a nervous system thing. Right. Like it's, it's this, this survival instinct in us that, you know, that comes through. It's an autonomic thing. And it's like, 
that that's what happens in our most vulnerable positions and that's where we actually grow that's where we get the, that's the stimulus for growth that we're all looking for and the more yeah. that we can embrace those vulnerable positions and and understand and actually have a knowingness of when we're in them um and learn to find peace in them right and to to really kind of spend time there um I, th- I really think that's the key. And I think that's what happens is that, you know, you said something before skin in the game. Um, and, and for me, that's what it really represents is that, you know, how, how long am I holding on for? Right? Like that's, that's like, you know, the longer I've been doing this, the, the better I'm getting at it. And there's something to be said about that. And it's, yeah, it really does come down to that for me is that, you know, we can kind of talk and, and you know, I, I kind of went on when we started this, I talked about Maslow's hierarchy and, and how this, how I think it fits into all of this. But, you know, the, the thing here is that, you know, motivation, man, like that's not what wins you. That's not what wins you the championship, you know, like it's yeah. not, it comes and goes and we all know this. There's, there's days that we feel on top of the world and we're absolutely crushing it. And then there's days that we're like, holy shit, I, I can't even write two words, right? Yeah. And it's like, I can't even do this. I can't even do that. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a knowingness there that if you can understand that, you know, you, when you're going through that, that tough period, when you feel like nothing's working, understand that just around the corner, if you, if you can hold on and you can have tenacity, just around the corner is, is something we'll give. Um, and, and that's just how we are as humans. You know, that's, that's, that's how we're built. That's how we're wired. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think cool cool point like it's a really it's a really interesting point that i think right now you know this is probably the testing time for a lot of people we're deep you know we're vulnerable we're not sure what's going to happen we've got a little carrot dangled at the moment that you know everyone's like oh there's a little there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and it's it's going to be a really interesting time yeah i I know before we started recording you and i both talking about like environment that's something we talk about all the time um and you know that's kind of like that level of knowledge is kind of like mandatory reading or mandatory viewing of resources to basically understand the the value of like dictating and engineering the correct environment for your goals uh, when you come to work with me i just will not put up with any anymore if someone refuses to basically uh, make the make the moves take action on something that is actionable uh, to change their you know whatever it is the, the, a, in a poor relationship in a shit job in a uh, you know what I mean? Like just constantly surrounding themselves with triggers and things like that, that are taking them further away from their goals. Mm. Um, and, you know, similar to that, it's all about like going into, you know, like we talked about doubling down on these rituals. So having, being able to have talk on the same page when it comes to synthesizing habits and things like that, equally mm. important. And I make tongue in cheek, uh, uh, attacks on my socials sometimes about motivation and willpower. And it completely is tongue in cheek. I, I do it to make the point of, um, you know, what the best of the best, they are completely, they're masters of their environment. So they, under most situations, usually have to use the least amount of willpower to do a lot of what you see because they don't put themselves out on a Friday night drinks with people anymore, or they don't, do you know what I mean? They don't surround themselves with negative people that are energy vampires sucking everything that they've got. However, uh, it is always really interesting to see when you, you take a, like a David Goggins of the world and they're able to do what they do in spite of like the, the horrific nature of some environments that makes for a great story. You know, so does the whole Victor Frankl, uh, you know, men's search for meaning concept as well. I love that stuff, not to take anything away from it. And when I say that environment's important and that rituals are key, I still think, um, 
you know, it's worthwhile noting that you can work on your willpower as well. And Kelly McGonigal, who wrote, um, she wrote The Willpower Instinct uh, and The Upside of Stress. She's got some really good resources uh, just on this regard and she'll talk about, um, you know, and I think this is sort of pertinent to what we sort of see right now. I, I know that like a lot of people are excessively using social media, you know what I mean? And we're talking about our coaches and things like that as well. And, you know, it's very much a double-edged sword, isn't it? So when someone has a poor relationship with social media and literally uh, it brings them sort of uh, a negative experience, whether it's like something they're following and they've got like, um, you know, FOMO or or whatever that is, uh, or um, if, uh, sorry, that's not my train of thought. Um, (laughs) Man, I'm going to throw to you. I completely forgot what I was going to say. It'll come back to me in a sec. <laughs> so, you were, you know, so what you were talking about was um, the the like a poor relationship um, with Instagram. Yeah, and- that's right. Sorry. And so if someone uh, does have that, then obviously creating boundaries with that device and things. But also, and Kelly goes on about this, uh, which is like, so instead of like hunting for likes or things like that, you can under times of stress, like reaching out for connection with people is a, a way that we, you know, develop, um, you know, these relationships and security. So like, for instance, commenting on other people's posts and sort of like treating your social media as like, what can you give of yourself to bring others up? Mm-hmm. Uh, that in actual fact, uh, you know, will do wonders for your own physiology and psychology, you know, in, in how you're basically um, going with your own stress. And so I think that's important because, you know, a a lot of people that I work with, it's the social media is kind of like, what can I get out of it? Can I use it to leverage my business? Like, how can I grow it? Like all these things. And sometimes, you know, when your stress is high, like one of the ways that you can get that connection, it's not about you. Make it about other people and people that focus on other people's health in the time of adversity tend to do better uh, with their own uh, stress management. I was actually, I was actually reading a book about this. Um, trying to think about what it was um but it's it kind of played on the fact that and this is a this is a really kind of a key influencer if that's the word um in how we feel on a day-to-day basis you know you look at anything that really brings us uh, what's the word sadness or or stress or anxiety it's usually self-driven right it's it's usually when we are we are like you know you you can like in business right i, I feel like everybody gets to a certain point where they realize that really it's not about them like the the business side of it is always about other people now the the people this is where the argument comes in of of like well you know business is a selfish endeavor and i'm like yeah i, I kind of disagree i think personal wealth is a selfish endeavor and it one it's one that has to be there you know like we all have to have that side of it but when when you know you get to a point in business and you really start to realize is that there's it, it's a it's it comes down to a lot more than you um and when you can de when you can kind of detach yourself from, from that, where, you know, everything to do with your business is about you, you know, it's about the likes I get. It's about the the shares I get. It's about the followers I have. It's about the money I make. It's about this. It's about that. And, and it continuously drives this selfish endeavor. Um, and, and that's what, that's what ends up happening because we often surrender our, our happiness to a future time. Right. And I was going to, I was going to kind of bring this up, but I think we can intertwine the two is that what we're looking at there. And, and for me, it's like, 
you know, when business is a selfish endeavor, when all we're worried about is our own backyard and we're not actually worried about the people we're serving, it causes us to surrender our happiness to a future time, right? Because the self, right, is that's what we're basing every single decision we make on. And then that leaves us with a, you know, when we're surrendering our happiness to a future time, this leaves us with a feeling of lack or insecurity or inadequacy. Um, and, and, and then obviously that, is you know that that changes our perception of the next moment right that that influences and colors the lens that we see the world in in the next moment um and 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 again we wire ourselves that way then right so then mm. you know this is always we're always getting affected so the next and, and this is just going to happen this is this is where it becomes a continuation right is that i'm always and this is what business is because and the reason i'm saying this is because you know you, i remember the first business mentorship i signed up to right you fall into this trap where you're like cash money, like leads, like, and it's just like, everything is like greedy, 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 greedy. And it's like, you're continuously chasing this thing. And, 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 and you and I know is that, you know, the dopamine drives this anticipation of what the next thing is going to be. And, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work. Right. Mm. And you're like, and, and you fall straight back into that trap because everything you've been doing is a selfish endeavor. You fall back in and, and then you, you're actually blaming yourself. You're like, oh, oh, you know, there must be something wrong with me. I'm not, you know, I'm a shit coach. I'm this, I'm that. And, and you, you know, obviously, like you said it before, there's these physiological consequences to that. Um, you know, that, that you, and they can push you into a hole where you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Uh, and usually it's because we, we were on this selfish endeavor. And I think I, I totally am in the, the ballpark or the, the, the arena where it's like, I understand the importance of personal wealth. Right. And that has to be a selfish endeavor. Like it, it, I'm not going to be the guys like, you know, money isn't a thing. Cause it's like, well, we all know it is. And, it, and, and, you know, it's what we do with money there. But then there's on this side where, where business becomes this selfish endeavor. When you truly feel like you're helping people, like compassion also has a, a, a physiological consequence. Like, mm. and that's like, that's where you can really start to do amazing things. And it's like, well, cause again, as humans, when we, when we like, we all know what it feels like to help somebody like the, the hairs go on the back, like, you, you know, you're getting all of these, this feeling of like, I'm truly helping this person right now. And it's like, it's so much easier for me to stand up, right. And, and have tenacity and, and, and drive through harder times when the goal is to help another person and not to drive my own ship and, and not even have a balance there. Does that make sense? A hundred percent, man. And it's funny. Like you just reminded me of like, uh, I don't know if I would call this a metric for something like that, but um, this morning I got a, a message from a girl, uh, so an ex-client, so not a current client. Right? Mm. And I just love it when this happens. Cause this is like, again, that, um, transfer of wealth. That's sort of what you're talking about there about like, you know, discussing like lead gen funnels, uh, you know, profit margins and things like that. They're the aspects of business that we don't want to take anything away from that. But I think like you're saying, if that's the, if that's the loop is just that transfer of wealth without thinking about the scope of giving and like contribution, um, then perhaps it's leading to these outcomes from a psychology perspective that you're talking about. But back to this story about an ex-client, 
you know, I get this message this morning saying, oh, Ben, it only took like a, a pandemic for me to like get my steps and my sleep up. You'd be so proud of me. Right. And so she sends me some screenshots of her, um, mm. you know, her wearable uh, data and stuff like that. And that like literally made my morning this morning. Cause I was like, oh, I'm so, it, it took so much effort for us to do this from a coaching perspective. And then to know that what you worked on with someone, like as you and I both know, like sometimes with a client, you're like, oh my God, I just wish we would have a breakthrough here to get our results. And sometimes it just doesn't happen in your coaching period together. And my wish always with those clients is A, that they don't be a stranger and they're welcome back ever. I can never like burning the bridges. Uh, And the second thing is when I get this feedback from something we were working on, some breakthrough happened and they got it. It's amazing, right? And and so, um, you know, that to me just tells me that like, when you've got part of your business, which really is beyond that transfer of wealth loop, you know, that's a, a way that I celebrate like, Hey, I'm here for the long run, the skins in the game. You know what I mean? So hundred percent. And I got a, I got a really cool example about that as well. So we had a guy come in, had, had a really, um, he's a guy that, uh, when he came into our program, so he joined the mastery program and, um, he had a, a few issues in the background that had nothing to do with business. They were, they were really unfortunate. Like it was a, it was a pretty, there's a story that, that made me sit there and I was like, okay, I, I really want to help this guy. Um, and he come in and, you know, it, it was kind of like, it was a situation where we're, we're trying to, to implement certain things in business and, and get him to go on this business endeavor. And there was just a lot of things that needed to happen before that. Like just, just some basic things that would change the way he started to see the world. Right. And, um, anyway, it was one of those situations, like it just, you know, whatever we tried and, and obviously there's a lot of things going in the background that makes this dynamic from a, you know, whatever we tried, it just wasn't working because it was there as a, an autonomic response there that just would not allow him to, to kind of have this uh, momentum or, or to build momentum. And anyway, he would always message me and that's what I'm like with, with anyone that's like, you know, I'm an open book, same thing. Just, just, if you need me, reach out, like I'm, I'll be there. And, um, anyway, it, it just got to a point where I was like, man, like it was a Friday. I'm like, come meet me at this park. And I was like, like, just come sit like, and, and we sat in a park and, and I just sat with him and, and, um, for about two hours and, and we meditated together for about a half an hour. Um, we listened to some things and, and there's some things there that, you know, I, I probably wasn't capable of, of explaining to him, but so I chucked on some Sam Harris and, and we sat there and then we just had conversations about what we think this meant to both of us. And, um, and anyway, you know, there was some things going on in the background that, um, some, some that were really highly stressful, you know, um, and, and there was, you know, he had a death in the family a, a year before that and some debt and, the, and there was a lot going on. And, and anyway, this was always going to be the resistance. And, you know, anyway, it, it didn't really work out in the mastery, but I always said to him, I'm like, dude, like I'm here for you, like no matter what, and you can reach out to me. And there was a lot of stuff that we taught him in the mastery on a spiritual level um, that me and him spent time on from a f- personal cash flow level. Um, and anyway, it come to about, I think it was three months ago. He, he shot me a message out of the blue and he's like, Hey man, um, I ended up going and getting a job. Um, and you know, that was much easier for me to control my cash flow. And every, that day in the park, I still remember, um, I'm happier than I've ever been. Um, 
like I, I can't thank you enough for everything that you taught me and, and all of this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, although we were pushing extremely hard for that outcome, that outcome, it was not achieving that outcome. That was his revelation. You know, that was his yeah. like, well, maybe what I'm chasing isn't actually what I truly want. And it was the spirituality that showed him that. And what he truly wanted was just stability. He just wanted a stability. And it's like, you know, I thought that was really cool. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, we weren't like in, in our program, like it's a business program, but it's like, it's so much more than that. It's like, yeah. And, and that was the thing is like, I, I, I didn't want to push this guy to just be like sales, 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 blah, 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 blah. I was like, dude, like there's so much more that we can do here. And, and it was like, like, honestly, it was like, we didn't rush him. We didn't do any of that. And, and the message that we got six months after that, the, the moments that we, you know, we sat together in a park, just talking shit for like two and a half hours on a Friday. Arvo. It's like, you know, and, and it's just stuff like that. It's like, for me, that, that represents a similar story to what you said. It's like, for me, that's like, well, that was, that's the selfless endeavor for me. That's like, you know, I, I wanted to sit with him in a park, like, and it's the, well, it wasn't working and sometimes it doesn't work, but that doesn't mean that. And again, I just stood up for him in that moment because that's who I want to be. Right. I want I want That's how I want to be respected. That's, that's what I want people to say about me when it's all said and done. And I could have pushed him. I could have, I probably could have, you know, I could have said that, no, you've got to do this. This is business, blah, blah, blah. But in the end I was like, nah, like, you know what, man, like there's so much more to this than, than meets the eye. And, and let's just go and chill out in a park and, and talk some shit. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, there's a part of me that said, this isn't the most productive thing you've done in your life. But there was also a part of me who said, well, fuck it. Who cares? Like, this is what it's about. Um, and, and you know what, like that's, that's a, a big part of me is so happy. And, and that taught me a lesson, especially when I got sent that message. It's like, okay, like, you know, sometimes, sometimes what you're serving up as a coach isn't the best for someone. And sometimes you just need to listen. Um, and, and, and that's, I, I say that all the time, man. And yeah. like, I can, like, I use the example of this is that I was so like in the last six years, I couldn't even tell you how many female clients I would have that come to me wanting to do like a fitness show, their first fitness show or something like that. And it really comes on like motivation, fitspo, social media. Like, have you ever been to a show before? Oh no, I haven't. Oh, so you've never, you've never actually gone to one. You've only seen it digitally. Uh, and you know, that becomes the goal, right? But you know, in, in the consult, you soon figure out and there's a whole heap of stuff going on here that led to that particular goal being the specific thing that's, um, they think they want. And there has been so many times that I've gone, this, what, what this girl really wants is connection. Okay. She wants she does not have the set of friends, the ability to, you know, maybe it's a mom who no longer has like a career passion, loves her kids, but there's that fulfillment side of things. That's not getting, um, uh, you know, that she's not getting from maybe what she was getting in her job before she left to go on maternity leave or something. And I have sent so many of these girls to group training environments, right? Because they don't have healthy friends. They don't have people on the same journey. Uh, you know, they're trying to do my programming, but the conversations are coming up are like, uh, like, you know, like it just doesn't matter what the programming is. It's like, they're not enjoying going to the gym by themselves. It's just, they don't get from it what a lot of other people would get from it. And then all of a sudden you plant them in an environment, a tribe a connection with, uh, with others. 
And uh, it's the best thing ever. And I follow, you know, so many of these girls still, you know, friends on Facebook, friends and stuff and seeing now that they're, they're training at a CrossFit or an RBT or an F45 or any of those things. And they're doing all of the challenges. And what I see is that they are happy. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what they wanted. The, the glitz and the glam of like perhaps the stage thing, it really wasn't from them. That's not to take away from people who do do that. Um, it's just a, a perfect example of where a coach can see this isn't the right fit for what you're after. You will be genuinely so much happier doing something else. 100%. And I think, you know, what we're coming back to here is, you know, if we bring it back to this original point, we're looking at, we're actually looking at the, the, un, the, the lack of fulfillment that comes from a business that doesn't serve others. Like, you know, when, it, when the business is purely um, income related and it's, it's revenue related and it's sales related and it's all about, you know, this, this kind of, it's almost like the hustle mentality, right? It's like this, you know, got to make sales, got to do this, got to do that. And it's like, well, you know, dopamine tells us that it's never enough. We're always chasing a phantom, right? And it's like, that always leaves us in a state of lack and inadequacy. And it's like, when you truly can get this good integration and, and kind of balance between, you know, wanting that growth, but wanting that growth purely because you know that in order to, that you can, you can, have an impact and, and kind of, you know, really get some, some great results with people. Um, and, and that result isn't necessarily the way you, what you want for them, but it's what they are truly trying to express that they want. Right. Yeah. And we know that, you know, you, me and you know that when somebody sits in front of you, usually what they're telling you they want isn't what they truly want. Um, and if you listen, right. And that's the, that's the thing here is that if you truly listen, you can figure this out. Um, but if you're not listening and you're just trying to push your own agenda, right, that's when, that's when there's going to be that disconnect, right? And then, you know, the, we can even look at this as like a, you know, you've got to ask yourself is that why do, you know, the best of the best, you know, the, the people that we know actually get to where they are? And it's because they're not pushing that agenda. They're, they're truly offering um, that high-level service, which is compassionate, which is putting the the person's best interest at heart and not pushing your own agenda. Because when you're pushing your own agenda, and don't get me wrong, man, I've been there, right? I've been there, and and it's like you can actually, from a if we were to track, and, and I wish I I had these kind of these metrics and insights, but if I was actually to track, and I, there was some way that I could track when I was pushing my own agenda to when I'm not pushing my own agenda. Damn, I'd love to see the stats on that because I get this feeling that um, you know my business would be in a much better position um, when I'm when I'm on that selfless endeavor. Yeah, and I think the opportunity for our coaches right now is like, and you know, I think we talked about this previously. Maybe it was just in our, one of our phone catch-ups. Is you know when your business gets pulled out from underneath you and your clients can either, maybe they can no longer afford you right now. Maybe, you know, you can't practice your, your business model because of the, the um, isolation or lockdown restrictions is do you turn your back on them real quick, you know, or do you like find a way to, you know, service them and continue those relate and strengthen those relationships uh, in this adversity? Um, knowing that like, they weren't the ones who were choosing to leave you. This situation was thrust upon everyone globally, you know, to, to some degree. And, you know, hopefully from, you know, even just the business perspective, our coaches realize that they're, they're the people that are going to want to come back straight away. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you don't want to start a cold business somewhere. Uh, so like, what are you doing now? 
And if that doesn't come as an easy, um, uh, like an easy avenue for you to go down, then perhaps some of this reflection is really needed. It's about like, what are you in this game for? Like, are you just pushing your own agenda? Um, because you know, you know, as we talked about right now, it's like right now is the, the land of opportunity. Okay. Most people have more time and are trying to figure out, okay, can I go back? Can I go back to my systems and my processes, strengthen, develop, innovate? Uh, and then once things are returning to normal, come back in a position with a platform that is like, what do you use? Like strengthen the, what's the, the steel, the infrastructure? What is it? Uh, steel? Is what, it? What, 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 no, what do you say? I forget. Steel on the wall. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. You know, come back and be able to launch from that. So. Yeah, I, and I think it's important to realize is that that's that's very dynamic in itself. You know, like there's there's everybody's situation is is different as a business owner throughout this time. And I mean, that's why we created Steel on the Walls is purely because we want you to have uncompromised decisions. Like that's the root of all creativity and innovation is that when you don't have to push an agenda, what could you come up with? Like yeah. how creative could you be? Um, and and I think that's like that's where you can truly start to reach your potential. Like you know. The reason the best of the best put out the best content, they're the best coaches, it's because they, they truly don't have compromised decisions. Like, you know, like, how, like I, I could honestly tell you that over the last year, I reckon I've, like, the amount of people that I've referred just on to, 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 to someone who's a better fit is, like, ridiculous. Like, you know, just to yourself, to Holly, I can't like, and, and it's only because I truly want the best. Me and you have, we actually went through this, right? Like I, 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 I kind of, I said yes to something and then I thought about it. I'm like, I'm actually not the best person mm. to do this. Like, am I really doing like, why would I, why would I actually do this? You know, like, am I, is it going to be the best result for the person in front of me? Um, you know, I would have been, would have been money in the bank account, but in the end, I was like, "Yeah, it's, it's probably not my, my not my thing." It's like I, I'm prob- I may not have the time to to truly get this person the result they want, um, yeah. and then that's when I, I pass them on to yourself. But it's like and- there's something to that, right? Where that's that's an uncompromised decision. Like I, I don't have to have and make that decision because of first of all, my my ego is not driving that decision. Second of all, you know. I, I've got the steel in the walls there where it's like, yeah, I probably don't have to do this. And, and it's probably not the best thing for me to do. I think it's also like a lesson in self-control, man. You know what I mean? And this, you know, we can tie this into like meditation and mindfulness and like these practices of gratitude where, you know, all these things have been shown to uh, help people with that decision-making and self-control. And so when it comes to knocking back business, because that's a, in, like in essence, like that's kind of what's happening. And you're kind of going, look, if you were just looking at it from the transfer of wealth perspective, you would say yes, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. It's a lead. Come in and I'll take your money. Uh, but I think when you get to that, and it doesn't necessarily just come down to the personal wealth or, you know, um, success of your current business model. Because, yeah, it, it is easier to, um, to say no when things are going really well. But I think once you've, like you said, you've got that steel in the walls, you've got your, your value system and you're kind of adhering to it, like maybe you're practicing these um, things that lend themselves to a lot of self-control, then you can... Once you express that, that action of saying no, but I have a, like someone else I prefer you to go to, I think that's, 
you know, that self-controlling action that sets you up for better decision-making with like everything else that you do with business um, that as you and I both know is going to, you know, that's foundational for, for success. In itself. Uh, yeah. It's a really good point. Um, so there's a book you're reading at the moment. I think you might still be reading it. Measure what matters. Um, I yeah. read it. I, I read it. Um, I think I can't remember. It was either end of, end of last year, I think. Um, but it, it, again, the, the thing that you said there is better decision-making. And I think that like, for me, I always say this is that as a small business owner, you're always a limiting factor, which means the decisions you make, you're the, like the only thing that you're, you're always going to reap the consequences of those, whether they're positive or negative. And I think like, as a, you know, and I want to draw this back to a, to, from a business owner's perspective, because what we see, right. Is that like when we, as a business owner, when we start to externalize why something's not going the way we want it to, right. We, we actually give away our power. And, and then that's, that's the thing that I feel like leaves people in this state of uh, confusion or, um, you know, self-doubt is that they're, they're, they're going, well, why is this happening to me? Why is this? Why is that? Why aren't I getting this? Why is, you know, this not happening? Right. And, and then they drive themselves. It's this continuation of thought, emotion, thought, emotion. Um, but it's like, if we actually look at it and this is what, this is why I love the, the whole decision-making thing. It's like, when we can start to take responsibility for the decisions we make and actually start to measure and track, right. In order to measure and track, it means you always have to take responsibility because our intuit, like there's a difference between subjectivity and objectivity. And, and when you're looking at objective metrics, right, that's, that is, that is actually a mechanism of me taking responsibility because the, the, the blame, like, and it's not about blaming, but it's like the responsibility has to fall on me. Whereas when we're not tracking metrics, when we don't have that objectivity, it's up to our mind to place where the con or, or or to to place where the what's the word to place i don't want to use the word blame but to kind of it's up to our mind to tell us where we place our emphasis so are we looking internally and and looking at the decisions that we've made or are we looking to push that blame on other people and we know what the mind's like we know that the ego is this protection mechanism that completely allows me to place blame on other people to to point the finger so that i don't have to deal with the emotional consequences that come with me taking responsibility of my actions. But we also know that the continuation of that, that is, that is purely a protection mechanism. And then we never actually get to learn the lessons that allow us to progress. Yeah. I think like, you know, I have a part of my week. It's on a Friday. Okay. It's 50, well, it was 15 minutes. Now it's 30 minutes. Um, and it's booked into my calendar. You know, I had a really nice zoom session with my guys actually last weekend on, um, just setting up the weekly schedule for success and just making a distinction between recurring calendarizing events and sort of task management with one-off events and how that loop should basically exist. And this reflection period at the end of the week, you know, from a business owner's perspective, but also from a client's perspective, it should be like, okay, what were the things that didn't go your way? What are the things that you said you were going to do and you didn't do? And then immediately, what is one thing I could do right now? Okay. One action I can take right now to make sure that that never happens again. And it's looking at this speed of implementation and taking this back from a, well, I can procrastinate on this. I can blame this. And I want to take control over this 
and then actually have a physical action associated with it um, to, you know, make it to, to better the situation somehow. And ever since doing that with clients, that served as a, um, uh, and, uh, you know, a, a, a case for them to reflect and kind of figure out a lot of their problems before it even gets to me. And that's great because then the check-in call next week is actually them just advising me of their solutions. I'm like, this is a great check-in. <laughs> you know, you're bringing me solutions instead of problems. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that for me is like just a, a pivotal part of your week. Uh, when things seem like you're out of control, when there's a lot of external stressors and we've always got to bring it back, like you say, to, well, take ownership of it. No one's out to save you except for you. No one's out to help you. Like just literally own it and take action on it. Well, it's the only way to progress. Like, yeah. you know, when you, the only way to truly make progress is to take responsibility for everything in your own life. Like, you know, the second you start to push the blame, even if it's like, even if, if there's something that someone else does that doesn't, and, 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 and oh, this is my belief is that you, you, no matter what internally you're going to be like, well, I don't agree with that, but it should never dictate how you action. Right, or what your actions are. And, and I think that's from like a, a, a business perspective is that, you know, when something doesn't fall our way or, 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 you know, something's not going the way we want it to, or we, you know, something happens and we're not treated the right way or anything like that. And then that then allows us and dictates our actions in the next moment. It's a recipe for disaster. Like, you know, and it's happened. Like, I, you know, that's the one thing that I, it's the one thing I focus on is that, you know, no matter what happens is that I, I want to, I want to live aligned to my values and I want to stand up. That's it. I want to live the way I want to live. Um, and that's just one thing that I think like, you know, if we're looking at, um, a concept there, it's like, well, you're right. Nobody is going to come and save you. Nobody is nobody. Like that's not how the world works. Like it's not like there's a, you know, there's somebody out there watching, watching you. And just like, every time something bad comes, they're like, Hey, like I've this, I've, just leave it to me. Like, that's just not how it works. It's like, you know, the, the, the only way that we can actually change things. And I was talking about this as well, is that, you know, there's a, we, we can talk about the nervous system, right. And we can go, okay, well, you know, we're wired for survival. The autonomic nervous system is our, that's our survival mechanism, right? That is, that's how we survive. But the only way to truly change at the trajectory of our life is to take the unconscious and bring it into the conscious, right? And it's like, well, we've got to actually look at the first thing that you need to do in order to do that is take responsibility for your own circumstance. It's the only way. Without taking responsibility, there is no way that you can truly actually even start to recognize the unconscious at all. Um, and that's across the board. That doesn't matter what's going on, right? We are wired this way, whether we like it or not, right? And and there's a consciousness of that as a as a as an actual concept that actually allows us to recognize what the unconscious is. And it's the questioning of thyself. It's the okay, well, well you know, maybe maybe you're not right. Maybe maybe there is something that you're not doing or that you are doing that's causing this, and. I can almost guarantee that 
20 times out of 10 there is right and it is it is the the action that you're doing it is the the thought that you're having it is the you know the behavior it it usually everything comes back to you know the what you're doing the the actions you're taking and i think it's really really important because you know that's like that's truly the only way that's why i love meditation because it allows you to pay attention to your internal internal state you know mm. the invisible signals the all of these things that happen or you know um autonomously that we can then start to actually recognize and when we recognize them we can actually change them but it's it's the recognition that matters and that doesn't actually happen unless we take responsibility for our for our actions and and really our our life in general 100 percent. and if i was just to like sort of flow chart that then i would say like we started with track and measure okay because then it's like well you know if we want to bring something to the conscious mind again it's like you got to bring, you got to track and measure something. You know what I mean? So how many times we get a client comes to us and goes, I've tried everything. I've tried this and like that, but none of what they've tried said that they've tried has been tracked in any sense of the fashion for any period of time. Okay. It's all just up here in this like recollection, this, you know, and we won't even go on that rabbit hole. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're starting with track and measure. Okay. Cause then you've got data. Then we went to reflection. Okay. Meditation, gratitude, mindfulness, whatever it does that helps you bring, you know, that uh, subconscious to the conscious. And then third step is action. Do you know what I mean? So data set, reflection period, action steps. And I think it's just, you know, when uh, it's times like this, when it's times of stress and uncertainty, that's when you just have to remind people of these little loops. Do you know what I mean? Basics. yeah, you've just got to like put it out there. I can't tell you how many times I've like, you know, we talked, we talked, we said we're going to into practical strategies before this call. Like we haven't gone here really, but <laughs> we've been up here. Uh, but like over the, the last month or two, like I have made even my senior clients, those ones that have been, you know, their coaches themselves, step back and do some of the things that they probably thought were a little bit beyond that they were beyond that. That's kind of the things that they would do with their clients. Like, Mm. you know, put up a big visual reminder of like, we're doing this or stuff like that. But it's really a case of um, we're in uncharted waters here for a lot of people. And when you're also in charge as a coach of like the, the demand of keeping up with everyone else in uncertainty, sometimes you just got to let that ego get out of there and then just go back to the absolute basics start doing some of the things that you are telling your clients they need to do. Uh, and then again, it gets away from that decision fatigue and that procrastination and that I wouldn't say self-sabotage, but what I will say is that selflessness in which everyone else is more important than you. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think um, what you said, like it, it's, it's really like, and, and you know, it, the, the problem is, is that it sounds so basic that you're like, yeah, well, like I want to, you know, I want to do the, the exciting stuff. I want to do all this stuff. But, you know, this is why we, we built Still on the Walls is because intelligence, you know, in, in a business and, and you know, like we're, we're talking more about life now. We're talking about everything is that when you have data, you know, and, and what was the process you said? You said data analysis reflection or did you say? Uh, for me, it's, it's the data. So track and measure. It's the reflection period. Okay. So whether it's yep. a, you know, whether it is your meditation, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, journaling gratitude, whether it's like me, it's a 30 minute, um, on a Friday. 
Okay. 10 a.m. where I am, like I, I consider my 10 to 12 period, my highest level of cognitive output. That's a very creative time for me. Mm. Um, and so that's when I want to look at my problems through that lens of, okay, what, what didn't, what can I optimize this week? Mm. And for me, the, uh, and then sorry, leading to the third step, which was action. So data, reflection, action. And then uh, and back, for me, to, the, back to the data, tracking the back, data. Back to data. And the action has to occur in that period. That's actually why I went from 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Right, because I needed that fifteen minutes to go right. It's speed of implementation. This gets done right then and now. And for me, this is a case, and I tell this to clients all the time. It's, for some things, there's like little one-off purchases, right, that can completely solve a problem. And I used an example on a Zoom call recently, and I said, um, "Okay, so like if I have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and turn the light on, like that completely destroys my sleep, right?" So I was like, "Okay." I jumped on Amazon, got myself those little red LED sensor light things that plug into the wall and they're just a, you know, they're not strong whatsoever. So they come on when it gets dark and I can walk into the toilet. I can see what I'm doing. I finish my business, get back into bed and um, I can literally fall back asleep really quickly. That was $10 for two of those things on Amazon, right? So when you kind of go, Hey, this is my problem. Bang straight onto Amazon speed of implementation, next day delivery, $10 later. You're like, <laughs> that's a really good feeling of taking control. 100%. So, yeah. 100%. And I think like, you know, we might, um, I, I just think it's so important, right? What, what you're saying. And it's like, cause a lot of the time it's the refractory period that causes people the most problems. Like it's like, you know, the, and this is also, it's hard when you're super busy. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it's, and that's the thing like, you know, from a business perspective is that, a lot of people get super, super busy and they just, they, they're, they're obsessed with hard work. But the problem with that is, is that like exactly what you said is that speed of implementation then becomes a really, really big problem. Um, it's like, as soon as you miss, you know, you, and this is going to happen, you know, how many times do we are off our schedule a little bit or, or, you know, this is, it, it, it's going to pop up. And it's like, as soon as that happens, if you do not have, you know, and somebody's extremely busy from a business perspective, it's like, the refractory period grows because you've, you've missed a little slot. All of a sudden, you know, you're busy again. You, you know, you forget about it. You're this, you're that. And it's like, I think this yeah. just, it's like cause and effect for me. You know, the kind of what we're talking about is it's cause and effect because it's like most people are like, yeah, but once I have this, then I'll be able to do this. Right. And it's like, yeah, but like I, I did, I definitely disagree. And I think that there's something to be said about implementing it anyway with, you know, a certain amount of tenacity and then watching what the, the actual effect is rather than the opposite way around and saying, well, once I have, once I have the time, I'll then, I'll then start yeah. to do this. And we see this with like our high achievers and like this paralysis to analysis or, you know, and I'm very guilty of that as well as like not wanting to put out an imperfect product. Um, TJ sitting in the next room would like bash me in the head, like until I would, he would just go, man, your 80% is fine. Stop trying to perfect it. You'll never put anything out there. Um, but I think also along with these high achievers that really uh, can struggle with this like refractory period is they try to go for the big elephant first. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't start there. That's like trying to start the squat at 200 kilos. Yeah. Like, you got to start with the bar and then we build some momentum. And so it's kind of like, and I use a lot of James Clear's principles and, you know, you know again, his Atomic Habits book, his mandatory readings that come and work with me these days. 
Um, and he talks about his like little 1% action steps. Okay. So for the week, it's like, it's so small, but if you understand compound interest, you're a completely different person by the end of the year. And so I have a spot in my tracker that I use with clients where they basically have got three little action steps they'll do for the week. And then they come back next week and they tick those off. Now, the point of these action steps is to make them unmissable unmissable. So when I'm in the call and explaining it to them, I'm like, what are your three action steps and how do you make it unmissable? And if they've written something down, like let's say someone wants to meditate um, and they did zero days last week and the little action step goes in and I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes before bed every night this week, typical cliche goal that a client does. And I would like to say, you're not allowed to do that. Reason being is your history tells us that is very unlikely to happen. So I want you to make this a little bit more unmissable than that. So let's say two minutes. Now, eyebrows raise, right? Because two minutes, like, don't even like, don't be silly, whatever. Uh, and then I would say something like, well, you're not allowed to say every day either. So you can apply one of James's principles here and, and sort of his techniques and say, um, I'm not allowed to miss two days consecutively. And that sort of leaves a little bit of wiggle room because as we know, like if shit hits the fan and you have a bad day and you don't meditate, you can reflect on that and go, you know what? Tomorrow's unmissable. I'm going to make that unmissable. I'm going to hit that meditation. And then you get to come back and over that, you know, over that week and come back and tick your box because you made it unmissable. And that for high achievers is a, like a ground um, breaking paradigm shift you know what i mean when you get them to appreciate far out okay that's probably the first time ever they've got to come back and tick off three of their action steps because they're too busy trying to get under the bar with 200 kilos when they should have started with something at 20 yeah i think it alleviates a negative self-talk right because it's like when you're something's unmissable and you make it okay well like i can't miss two days you know the goal is to not miss two days instead of not missing any. Um, and and usually like, like you said, it's like, you know, everybody's shooting for the stars. Um, they haven't even gotten the rocket ship yet. You know, it's like, and I think that's, that's a, that's definitely something that, especially in this day and age, like social media drives that we've got so many drivers of that, but I think it's a really good point. And we, we might finish there and go, okay, well, you know, start with basics, you know, start with the small things and then over time build momentum with those small things. And eventually they do add up like, you know, there's a, a good book and, and this is kind of just a, a little example of this is that it's called Profit First. Um, and basically what it talks about is um, it's the concept is taking profit from your business first. So that's the first thing you do. But um, basically what he says is he, it's his, his kind of number is just start with 10%, right? So, you know, if you've got 600 bucks of revenue coming in per week, then you're putting $60 a week away. And eventually what it does is that it's that little bit every single week that ends up turning into this big bit. And for somebody who doesn't have, you know, money in their bank account, you know, if you're doing $50 a week, you know, $500 in revenue, $50 of that goes away, that's two and a half grand, right at the end of the year. And it's like, if you were to ask someone who didn't have money in their bank account, what two and a half grand in their bank account right now would do, right? The, the answer would be wowza. And it's like, that's a little example of this little atomic habit that eventually adds up and, and it gets you this compound interest and then changes the way you see the world. It changes your perception of the world because you're, you know, and we can come back to the fight or flight, you know, it changes that uh, autonomous um, reaction that that would happen. So really cool. Um, I think yeah. um, to to finish there, that was it's a really good point to finish on. And I think um, 
what I'm going to call this episode is the, the, the myth of motivation. Um, cause I think what we've covered and everything we've kind of talked about almost talks a little bit about that and, and really kind of hammers that home is that, um, let's not just, let's not focus on willpower. Let's not focus on motivation and let's focus on the really basic things and, and kind of, it almost encompasses everything we've talked about today. Yeah, exactly, man. It's, I think what we talked about was like those little things matter and they compound, you know, so if it's from a tracking perspective, like what did we talk about? It's just like when you see the little week on week thing and you can appreciate uh, those little compounding um, progress that you're making, it all adds up. If we, you know, that's in the data set, if we went to the refractory period, it's like, even if you're not a good meditator and it's like you struggle to bring yourself back, that's a lesson in self-control. You know what I mean? Like if you're a bad meditator, great. You're getting good lessons in self-control and discipline and decision-making. So the worse your meditations are, the better they are in that regard. Those little things matter. Uh, and the same with your action steps, you know, James Clear Atomic Habits, those 1% little compounding action steps, um, absolutely are. Awesome. Um, let the listeners at home who don't know you, um, let them know where they can find you, Benny. Just on Instagram at the moment, man. Benny Lifts on Instagram is the easiest place. I'm actually, we talked about this other way, I'm shifting my learning portal across to something else. So hopefully I'll have some more details soon and it'll come across on my Instagram anyway. So. Awesome. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother.